Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. It is time for another happy hour. I'll say this one is a bittersweet hour. Um, okay. Some good, some bad. We're going to go all over. As always with these episodes, drink responsibly if you choose to do so. That being said, Samantha, what are you sipping on? Uh, you know what? Because I really enjoy our Entil tequila, I decided to take that coconut lime and make it a Mexican mule again. I am drinking on a really refreshing vodka, soda, cucumber, basil, lime drink. Oh, you didn't want to say it, basil? I feel like every time I do, uh, judgment comes my way. So I try, I'm trying to change my Why? pronunciation. That's silly. <laughs> do you? Well, it's one of those things, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this, where... Now it's become a stumbling block of, I know the word is coming and I'm like, how are you going to pronounce it? And so instead of just speaking as I normally would, now it's become like a thing in my brain of, how are you going to say it? Right. <laughs> it's kind of like how we have like names and we know how to say it and then we come to yeah. it and we're like, oh, forgot. Fair. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is something actually that you must confront when you work in an audio medium of like, oh, I say that kind of strangely, or, huh, I say that a lot, or (laughs) there's some things like either and either, where I know it doesn't matter, but for some reason, every time that word is coming, I'm like, how are you going to pronounce it this time? Yeah. (laughs) It messes me up. I feel about that with like caramel or caramel. Caramel, yeah. Whenever I'm ordering something at a drive-thru, I'm like, if I say it one way and they go, huh, I'll switch it up. Yes. Yes. I'm glad this is a universal experience, it seems. It is. But we're not talking about that today, (laughs) specifically. (laughs) I want to talk about a kind of something I'm still working through, so it might be a bit messy when when I'm discussing it. But recently, because of a lot of different things, a lot of different reasons, I have had to really face how other people see me as a queer person, which it's strange because you know me really well, Samantha, and I feel like a lot of times I'm very open on this show. We're both very open on this show. I don't feel like I'm hiding myself generally. Um, Even if I do perform in some situations, I'm still like more or less myself And I don't really get too bogged down into, oh, they must see me this way. Um, Sometimes I do, like like we all do, but generally I don't. And and I do think there's a part of me being in this kind of liberal bubble in Atlanta, where to me, like, if you tell me you identify XYZ way, then cool. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to question it, so I expect other people not to question it. But... Lately, I have had both good and bad experiences of people approaching me about this, of me being queer. And it is something that I haven't really had to experience, even though I've been open about it. Other than like when I've talked about like in high school or college where people are like, oh, you're not bi, you're experimenting or whatever. I've had that and that still sucks and that's terrible and we should stop that. <laughs> right. But like even at that time, just because the narrative is so powerful, 
even I thought maybe, maybe I am, maybe it is a phase or maybe I am experimenting. But now it's, it's interesting because I've had people come up to me and it's been really beautiful where they've said like, you know, I, I also am dealing with stuff that you've talked about and I see you and I appreciate you and it's beautiful. And it's, it's like one of those things where you kind of don't, especially in this medium where you say something and then it goes into the internet void and you're like, maybe no one heard that or it didn't resonate with anybody or whatever it is. So that's been really, really nice. But then on the other end, I've actually had people come up to me now and say things like, there's no such thing as asexual. It just means you don't like sex or like you make me uncomfortable. Things like that, which I've never directly faced like person to person. I've had to deal with it online. And who are these people? And give me their numbers and their address. (laughs) I just want to talk to them. (laughs) Yeah, it was very like disconcerting. Again, I think I'm really sheltered in a lot of ways because I do, I have really supportive friends and I'm in a liberal blue area. And I did grow up in a conservative area. But at that time, like, like I've said, I felt like I could blend in, um, which I'm saying a lot of things in here that are really bad that we have to do this or we feel like we have to do it. But I felt like, you know, I never was somebody that had to deal with a lot of the things I've heard other queer people and LGBTQ plus people have to deal with. And and I've talked about how that made me feel like I couldn't even claim the the label because I hadn't suffered enough, which is messed up too, mm-hmm. that I could pass. And it's just been a really like kind of eye-opening experience, I think. And a lot of interesting things have happened. Because this is in the past couple of weeks, like maybe this month that this has all been happening. And I realized that like, I was almost distancing myself automatically. So like, I would always think of my friends first or like my my queer friends first, like, oh, this must be so upsetting. But I wasn't like (laughs) affording that to me. And then, so I started thinking about that and like, what does that say? Are you making any space for yourself? And then, then I started thinking about how I've never officially come out really to anybody, but not my family. Like, I, again, I feel like I've said it on the show. My friends know it. But I've never had, like, the conversation, <laughs> per se. And now I'm thinking about having it. And it, it's through all of this, I feel more sure than ever, which even though it's been painful, it is kind of a relief for some reason. Like, just that being like, oh, okay. It's slotting into place. This is how I identify. This is correct. Like, I, it feels right to me. So I'm just working through my thoughts on it. And it it does feel very, I almost feel embarrassed (laughs) that I know all of these things. But it's when you're like dealing with it personally, it's like, oh, this is what people are talking about. Oh, this, this is it. So I, I feel like very privileged and selfish and kind of embarrassed. Yeah, but. I feel very supported, but kind of isolated at the same time. And kind of like an open wound and all of it feels really tender. But I think it's good. It's been overall, uh, people have been really open with their own experiences. And 
Um, they make me feel inspired. And I do feel like I'm ready to take that next, like having the conversation with my mom and <laughs> all those, all those things. But yeah, yeah. Um, that's been something that I've been working through. And I think another part of this, and we've seen this play out a lot lately in our media, where my friends, I recently was very lucky and I got to hang out with them. And they were, it's interesting when you realize somebody sees you so well, like somebody knows you so well. And you thought maybe like those parts of you were hidden or or that they should be hidden or or whatever, but like they see you. And I, my friends were talking about like, and we were talking about this too, Samantha, about how I don't complain and I don't ask for help and I don't admit that I need help. And I think as we're seeing like the whole conversation around Simone Biles play out and like all of these people kind of saying like, no, I got to put my mental health first and all this stuff. Um, it's kind of related to that where I'm like trying to get to a space where I can share what I'm going through with people, which as somebody, as a listener, you might be like, you do that all the time. But it's hard. It's hard when it can be easier in some ways to do it when you don't know someone. And like, I'm just saying this and hoping it resonates, but with people that you know and that you love, it's kind of different. It can be harder. Right. But I'm trying to get better at it. I think on all of this, there's such a fine line in knowing yourself versus uh, hiding yourself mm-hmm. versus timing. And everything comes into play. Everything should be about your comfort. As long as it's not harming other people, then no one has the right to dictate when you do what and how you do it. Uh, I just recently talked to someone that's very close to me and they also talked about how eventually, kind of like you, they, they know they're going to want to and have to talk to their parents and let them know they are also queer and has already has started to feel isolated from their old life because of this. And there's so many things to that in understanding this is all about their timing and about what they feel. Because we also know when it comes to individuals, we don't know the story and it may be harmful for them to come out to certain people. It may cost them their relationship with certain people. And therefore, they feel safer in not coming out, uh, which makes me sad because, again, if you have a relationship with someone and you can't be completely honest, that relationship feels like it's not a relationship mm-hmm. in general. And that's heartbreaking, especially for those who are close or feel like they've been close and things have changed. And when things change, inevitably, someone's going to feel rocked, whether it's yourself or the other or just even the interaction, which is unfortunate in itself. And you can never dictate how the other will react. There's there's nothing you can do. You, can, you can't help that in any way. And I, I get that. I think there's a whole bigger level of conversation and acceptance and also vulnerability. And I know like just watching you, our relationship began with me talking about, yeah, that's some you went through. 
I think you need therapy. <laughs> yep. True story. Which was really, really bold of me and probably really insufferable for you. I apologize. <laughs> but that level of understanding, hey, this is where kind of like how you're doing now, eventually you will be the story for people to come back to and being like, oh, okay, where you are is where I am now. I need your mm-hmm. advice. And maybe you can see something beyond what I can see in my intimate uh, circle and or just my own self-reflection, which is really hard. It's really hard when you have a point of view of yourself, whether it's negative or positive, to change it, no yeah. matter how skewed that is, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think, I, I feel like a lot of listeners can relate to this, whether you're queer or not. But there, there's a, when you are vulnerable with someone about a, a piece of who you are, and for whatever reason, their response is, you make me uncomfortable, or like, I, I see you differently now, then that feels like, it's a piece of you. So right. I guess you didn't accept me this whole time. Yeah. And it's just something you have to take into account when you, well, you don't have to, but you've, it like is in the back of your mind. Like, right. oh, it does weigh maybe it does. It does. And I think like, as you're talking about being vulnerable and being a piece of you, when you're being vulnerable, you're asking that person whether or not you can trust them and mm-hmm. hoping that you are right and trusting them. And mm-hmm. when you're denied that, you feel a betrayal. And yeah. it's, it's painful. It's painful to feel like, you are wrong about a person. And that sounds like a huge, huge thing. And and it is, it is. A piece of your identity is a huge thing. But on the scope of like, okay, they're with me with all these things and this one thing, they're not being supportive. It is, it's heartbreaking because when you're being vulnerable, you are literally waiting to see if you as your naked self is going to be loved. And that's what it feels like. And that's that judgment that no one wants to understand. And and for a lot of those, as we talked about attachment things, for me, I've cut that off real quick. I will not trust you until I absolutely know because of the many times that we've been hurt. I've been hurt over and over and over again. And when I would place trust on someone and I've ultimately feel, again, such a big word, betrayed, it makes you retreat into yourself again in so many ways. And especially when you have a relationship, like I know you and your mom have a really great relationship. I think it's so adorable. It's so beautiful. But as you come into your adulthood and, and like now things are coming coming out, you're kind of like, whoa, 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 whoa. and that is, that's a huge thing because you've grown up relying on this relationship a little bit and, and hoping for the best in this relationship. And this is a big tale. Like this will be a big uh, make it or break it moment in how you continue forward into your adult relationship with your mother. Yeah. I really hope I didn't freak you out with that one. No pressure. No. <laughs> I, f- I feel confident in how it's going to go, which is nice. Right. I, I mean, I, hopefully I'm not wrong, but I do think part of it is, and I know I'm like preaching to the choir here, and I, I even... I talked about this. This was a problem I had is just like knowledge around terms. I didn't know asexual was a thing until I was in college. So I'm going to have to explain it. And I feel like I've had to explain it a lot. And a lot of times what I get is the response of, oh, you just don't like sex, which is like, no, not quite. I mean, I guess like whatever. But 
And I do want to end this on a, a positive note because going back to your point, Samantha, a lot of listeners have written in beautiful letters to me as I've kind of been going through this. And they are at like different parts of the process, however you want to say it. I know it's like a messy process, but like they're like, oh, I, I remember being where you are now. And this is how I felt. And this is what helped me. And that's just meant so much to me. And people have been, like I've had these bad experiences, but I've had these beautiful experiences too, where it has been this moment of like connection and camaraderie and oh, I can, I helped inspire you, you helped inspire me and we're not alone in this. And so it really has, uh, it's been a, a roller coaster of a month. But <laughs> yeah. And yeah, yes. and again, like you were saying that, that many of those people are our listeners and you all have made this a community, uh, whether it is reaching out about the queer community or asexual community, or for me, uh, the Asian community or even adoptive community. It's been nice. It's been nice to hear whether or those who live in like rural areas and understand the plight of coming out as liberal. Oh my God. (laughs) Uh, And and it's, it's been a fun and really heartening thing to see and hear when we have people reach out and let us know how they are handling things, A, and how they uh, understand what where we are at. Yes. Yes. Honestly, like, we learn so much from all of you and we appreciate it so much. So please keep that coming. Um, in the meantime, cheers. 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 <laughs> and as always, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at stuffmediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram at stuff I've never told you. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina. And our community. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I've never told you is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. <laughs> <laughs> 